Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone out there in CBC land, it's the Caravan Central Wisdom Hour, number 32. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Hey, Tony Byner from New Jersey, Wisdom Hour, number 32. Yes, sir. Very good. Um, we are live on the page, Caravan Central page on Facebook, and I'm sharing it to the group right now the current central group the government central page by the way is over 99,000 people now wow it is um that's why we've got a couple weeks left in june it's 99,908 i think that was the last number i saw Wow, so this week it's going to pop. It's going to hit 100,000 i would say by tomorrow or thursday at the latest we are going to be six figures, man. Wow. Yes. So it's very exciting. And the, um, so I'm sharing to the group now. The group is over 42,000 strong. The group is a lot more, a lot more activity there for you Facebookers who are maybe on the page but not on the group, in the group. And uh, in the group is where you can really have your voice be heard more. The page is really just what we post. Um, our content you can post to the page, but it's not view, uh, visible on the, the main newsfeed. But in the group, you it is on the na- the main newsfeed, and you can post your videos, um, get in conversations. So if you're not part of the group, please join it. Facebook groups, Coverband Central. A um, lot of it's a great community. A lot of people help each other out there every day on various topics. So um, it's but just so you know, it is not a place to post your gig or your event. Because or your rant. Rants are fine. In fact, we get rants all the time. Um, rants all the time. It's a good time. Yeah. But uh, you can't pose. It's just not the place to advertise your gig. You're not. It's a worldwide group, and you are not um, reaching your target audience. So that is something you should know. Very good information to kick off the Wisdom Hour. 32 hours of wisdom. Yes. Parted. And somebody actually just commented 
on the post on Facebook. There's nobody in Spreaker yet, but I have to monitor both of these to see what's no video, he said. Mm. Um, so I have to respond to him. Oh, audio. It's a podcast, dummy. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Podcasts are audio, for those of you out there that aren't familiar. They're audio only. Generally, some people do film their podcasts or make the video live, which maybe we can do in the future. Do you have the capacity to do that there, to put a camera on yourself? Uh, I think I can figure it out, yeah. yeah. So um, maybe we will do that sometime in the future if people want to see us talking. <laughs> I don't know how exciting that is. Probably not very. It'd be probably cool to show a video of something else while we're talking. Right. Kind of like when you play, um, you watch Wizard of Oz and you play Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> right. Somehow it coincides with each other. Yeah, we got to find something like that. But if we did video of ourselves, I guess I'd have to wear pants while I'm doing this. <laughs> Good times right there. So what's happening? What's new in Steve Wichelin? Uh What's uh, well, great. Let me tell you all about what I'm doing. Well, well I mean, just quick news. Our, our Carbon Central News is, is uh, still working on the website. It's, it's getting closer. I did a live in the group, a uh, live video, speaking of video, um, a few days ago to talk about that, which I hadn't done in a long time. So I'm going to be do that, doing that much more often. And um, uh, st- we got the merch store is, is uh, filled with product now. I have to go in and change some of the product and change some of the design. But once that's, once that's done, which isn't very difficult, I'm going to launch that, the, the uh, merch store on the page and in the group. So you can get your swag, man. Um, uh, and that's going to be ahead of the website launch that will happen. And I'm also working on, and I just started this yesterday, uh, there's a way in Facebook on pages where you can implement... Um, different sort of programs or, uh, you know, anything that you want to uh, promote, sell, uh, whether it's a product or a service. Um, and I'm learning how to do that on Facebook where I can come up with some programs for people, some sort of like mentoring programs for people who, uh, are looking to learn whether it's from the ground up or intermediate level. Um, and I'll do different programs for different levels and, and just teaching you the fundamentals of, playing in a band and uh, all the the important points to know and to keep in practice. So uh, this way it's, it's a lot more rather than just reading an article or or something this way, it's a lot more personal where, where people can ask me questions directly and they can, you know, uh, detail their situation uh, better so that I can give a more informative response. So that's going to be, so that's exciting. I'm really excited to do that. Uh, It's going to be a membership, you know, a paid, program but it's going to be very very affordable um so so that's something i'm, I'm working on that I, I hope again ahead of the website for that to be uh, implemented so that's huge dude yeah you know it's uh it's gonna be great it's gonna be informative helpful uh inspiring very exciting yes i hope to do all of those things and you know i i've never done this before but i've certainly taught in levels i've taught in, in different circumstances, but not in this this uh, internet computer age this way. 
Um, so I'm really excited to do that type of thing. And, and I hope, uh, I think out of 100,000 people that we should be able to get a, a good group of people out there that are, are looking for things like that. Um, and definitely want to promote it in the group as well. Where uh, there's a lot of people that go in there to learn every day, you know, asking questions for looking for advice, and uh, that's an excellent resource. But um, you know, doing it in, in a more of a curriculum type of thing, and I hate using that word because that sounds like school, but um, just where it's more uh, focused on exactly what's important, I think that will uh, be very beneficial for a lot of folks. So yeah, digging. Hey, listen, it's laid out, and you know, as a path with steps to take to get to these things, and it's it's already figured out. You just have to follow, you know, the direction that you're you're going in down that path, then, uh, you know, that's when you realize how useful the information is, you know, right. to have it compiled in a way that it, it gives you systematically a way to do it and a goal to get to. And it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it, you know, and you take for granted that, you know, th there's not really a process or a guide to that, you know, available. So this is a great tool. Yeah. Having a blueprint, you know, is, is really helpful and it's something I wish I had you know growing up into this although I did get some very good ed education there just wasn't the internet there wasn't any sort of resource like that available so um, I'd like to uh, you know especially the younger generation I'd like to encourage them all to be playing music and playing in bands it's uh, it's good for you keeps you out of trouble and and uh, does something good for your mind and, and good for other people to make other people happy so yeah it's very it's, rewarding yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, inspired when, when I see kids coming in to Caravan Central and, and, uh, or parents of kids even like posting their kids' videos, their bands, and to see that they're, um, that they're working on it and, and also especially keeping rock music alive. They're, you know, their kids are being introduced to the parents' favorites and, you know, our generation, we grew up on really the, the first era of rock and roll. Um, so that all, that all is being passed down and these songs are going to live on and that was a big mission of mine for for cbc is to because eventually all these artists are going to be gone and but the music will live forever and and uh people always want to hear live music so keep it going very excited for yeah this. so much to be said for that like um i went on friday night i saw def leppard and journey yes i was going to ask you about it at prudential center and uh it was really good. Uh, Def Leppard was was hit after hit after hit. Sounded great. Guys all looked good, great in shape. You know, had for being in their fifties and into their sixties. You know, even Journey. You know, the guys are, are are still doing it. You know, but Def Leppard had a great show. You know, they sounded great, and uh, you know, everybody in the band was singing. Uh, it was really, you know still right there with professionalism and, and performance and journey the same thing you know journey was was real good you know but def leppard definitely stole the show in my opinion oh really who went on first well they were alternating so uh def leppard went on first because they had played the garden i think on wednesday night and journey had opened so they flip-flop every other show Okay, yeah that's what i thought they, they were co-headlining co right and don't get me wrong they were really good but you know it, the, the guy that sings for Journey, uh, Arnold, is he's not Steve Perry. He does a very good job, you know. But if, if it was the original, Def Leppard was the original lineup, you know, except for Vivian Campbell. Right. 
Journey was the original lineup, with the exception of uh, Steve Perry not not singing. But it was good. They both put on a really good show. But Def Leppard was uh, like a, a, like you would expect it to be, like an 80s rock concert. You know what I mean? Everyone was up on their feet the entire time. There was no sitting down. It was hit after hit after hit after hit for, you know, 15 songs. Right. That's cool. Killer. Really good show. Cool. Um, I have a couple friends chiming in there that were listening. Daly, he's the one who was looking for video. Daly Thomas, my buddy in South Carolina, drummer. Great drummer. And Glenn Farley just poking at me said it keeps you out yeah it keeps you out of trouble at the same time i got a lot of trouble listening to your podcast which podcast which i don't know what he means so glenn you're gonna have to explain that but he sent me a text uh, and daily posted on facebook you guys can also comment in within the speaker app too there's i got that chat window open here so i can see that as well uh but i want to ask you about vocals so the last time i saw def leppard and it was a while ago but the last time i saw him uh, they now somebody's calling me. Don't they know I'm broadcasting right now? Um, last time I saw Def Leppard, it seemed to me that they were all singing, um, and I didn't, I didn't discern any backing tracks or anything that I remember. Um, if anything, it was maybe doubling something. But how, what was your experience? No, looked like they were all singing. Very processed vocals, you know, because you could hear. Um, you know, it's so interesting at that level. There's a guy literally like riding the volume on the mic and watching everything that they're doing, you know, right? Because he could pull the mic so far away and it wouldn't get any less, his, his voice wouldn't get any less in, in volume coming through the PA than is when he had it up close. But obviously, he's singing louder or singing falsetto, so he's you know, he's. The right. mic technique is pulling away from the mic. Yeah, I mean, those pros, those old pros really know how to use the, They really know their mic technique. They really know how to use it. I remember seeing uh, Whitesnake like 10 years ago now um, in a club in, in a, uh, what's the big club down in Jersey, down South Jersey? Uh, Birch Hill? No, no. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, anyway. So Whitesnake, and he just had that mic technique down so good where he was barely pushing his voice at all, um, you know, on those super high notes and, and um, you know, still nailing it, uh, uh, nailing the tone and, and, and the, uh, the pitch. Um, so, yeah, mic technique is huge, man. But, yeah, everyone was singing. And, um, you know, the thing about Def Leppard, too, you got to remember, is because of the drums, right, they're all electronic with live cymbals. So it's very processed, and he's triggering a lot of the sounds for the tambourine, the loops he might be playing to. You know what I mean? There's other percussion in there, so it sounds like the record. So when you hear it, it's like it, it's it's exact rendition, right? Of, of, it's on the record more or less, you know. And every guy was singing, and you know the guitar solos, all the signature guitar solos, they're all spot on. You know what I mean? It's the exact sound, the exact same way it was done because that's the guy doing it. That's cool. No, it was killer. It was no different than watching Journey and seeing Steve Smith play all the original parts that, you know, he played 30 years ago. Wait, is Steve Smith back in Journey? Yeah, he's... he's is he like really? Said, all the original all the original members. Yeah, Steve Smith. I in. didn't know he was back. Wow, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, a great solo, too. It was phenomenal. It was a really enjoyable show. Because they had... Um, God, I'm not... Names aren't coming to me right now. Um, 
Well, Dean, Dean Casanova, Casanova was that's before it, yeah. him. And he was singing a lot of yeah. the higher stuff. He was doing like Faithfully. And yep. um, so how are they doing it now? Is is just the, the, the lead singer just doing them all, I guess, right? Yes, correct. Wow. But then it's the original lineup, you know? And it was great because I read a, a great interview with Steve Smith, the modern drummer. And he said, uh, you know, after 30 years, you know, he, he doesn't remember exactly what he played on every song. You know, so he would go back and listen to the, the songs and transcribe everything note for note, relearn it, then play it that way. But with today's wisdom of 30 years later, you know, but he spoke about like getting mentally prepared for, to play the gig every night and then having to stretch and do yoga after because... You know, for ninety minutes every other night, you're you're playing drums at full volume. You know, right? Night 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 for a hundred shows. You know, there's really a lot of pressure to. I mean, well, conditioning. Like I noticed how relaxed he is. I mean, you got to remember, he's a seasoned pro. He's been playing for thirty years. It's not like he was sitting in his backyard and waiting for Journey to call. You know, right? right. He's a jazz guy. He's you know very active clinician, drum educational materials, teach clinics, travels all over the world, drumming. You know, and has been. So he think you know he's a thirty year evolved player from where he was back then. But he was he kicked ass. You know, it was great. He was he was just as good as ever. If not, you know, the best I've ever seen him. But it was good. And, and so my point was he was saying, yeah, all these other guys play drums in the band. They all paid homage to the parts. And they did a great, you know, service to them. But when but when he went back and transcribed everything, he's like, only I know when I was writing that part what I was thinking because me and Ross Valerie, the bass player, were locked in on something or had a conversation the night before. And, you know, that was where that part came from. You know, so he went back to like the creation of those parts, which then inspired him even more to play them now, 30 years later with the band uh, on this tour. Because like I said, I think it's been 12 years since Journey toured, and I don't think he's been back ever except the first tour back that he's the original guy, drummer. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's been a killer. That's awesome. But you still enjoy Def Leppard better, huh? Wow. It was just the vibe, you know. It was it was it was just that Def Leppard vibe, you know. It, it's it's hard to explain. It's not because I like one or the other better. The sound wasn't that great for either one, which I was really surprised because Prudential is usually unbelievable sound, you know, clarity and clear and sounds great. It was I guess it was just so much. And I mean, the, the, the journey that made Def Leppard better, not better, but. It was more balanced, the sound, everything meshed good. Journey was like the Neil Sean show. He did two guitar solos. He was really loud. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was overplaying everything. It That's was a just, guitarist just, for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Total goop, though. I like guitars loud. I'm just teasing. And Glenn knows if he's still listening, I always want him to turn up. Yeah, stage, but there's so. a difference when it's just too much, you know? Right. Or it's not, it's not meshing with the rest of the band. Mm. It's great. I don't want to hear loud guitar every song all the time. Right. You know, there's a place for it. Right. And they're, I'm sure they're all in-ears too, both bands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's cool now is too is it's all giant video screen behind the whole stage and the cameras fly around. 
Right. It's like when Steve Smith was doing his drum solo, all of a sudden there's a, sh- a camera over his shoulder on his hands on the snare drum. He's doing some kind of tricks with the sticks and stuff, you know? But it's right there. Right. Yeah. He's like, it's back, but behind you see as if you're watching him on TV, but it's live. Do you find yourself, I, I, I'm sorry, do you find yourself watching the screen more or watching the stage more, or do you alternate back and forth? Well, I had really good seats that, that my friend CJ gave me, so it was close enough to where I could appreciate the band being, you know, within 50 feet of the, of the guys, maybe, you know, something like right. that. Not on the floor, but like the first level up, and right like off to the, the right-hand side of the stage. If you're standing on the stage, so stage left, if you're looking at the stage. Right. But it was both. It was hard. It depended on what was on the screen. Like Def Leppard had a lot of graphics behind them, and it had a big riser, and the drums were up real high, and the bass was up up top with him, and then down below was two guitars, and there was a catwalk that came out. And that was like their setup. And they had different things on the screen behind them, different montage, uh, montages of photos and uh, all old clips and stuff of magazines and video clips, you know, from like a whole history of Def Leppard from like early, early first days up to, you know, maybe 2000. Right. Whereas, and then there was some cool effects that they had where they were walking around on the screen, good graphics with that, but it seemed like Journey had more um, video of guys up close. But there, it was equal as far as you know the entertainment value of it. It was it was cool. Right. Like I said, it was a great show. Listen, they, both bands were great. I just thought that Def Leppard was a little more um, authentic right. in, the, in the in respect to the style of music they do, and as big as they were. Like, don't don't get me wrong, Journey's huge, right? right? But I mean, like I said, Def Leppard was like every song was like, wow, I remember that one. Oh yeah, and that one too. Oh, forgot about that one. You know, right. and just on Pyromania, there's like three or four. Oh yeah, that came there that were number one hits back yeah. to back. High and dry back. too. Yeah, um, um, uh, Daly. Daly's. Uh, he said it was a no no for Neil Sean to be loud because he's the band leader, so it's a double no no. And uh, he said never let the, a guitarist run the whole band. <laughs> um, Spoken like a true drummer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like video screen, I mean, younger generation don't know. Like when we went to see a concert. You know, when I was really young, there was no such thing as a video screen. It was just you went to see the band, and that's it. And where you're, wherever you're sitting. Yeah, and if you had great seats, you were like, wow. And if you didn't, you didn't. Yeah, and that's why back then it was so much more important to get really good seats because you didn't want to be like, have the band look like ants, which I've definitely sat in arenas where that was the case. But nowadays, even if you're in the nosebleeds, you still have those video screens and stuff to. to yeah, they to do a really good job of it, but. Yeah. It was like I said, it was good, you know. And but then, like I said, when then when Journey came out, what was amazing was like in ten minutes they had the whole stage switched over already. Mm. Like before the fifteen minute mark, it was already set up, ready to go. Right. You know, all the overhead stuff moving and lights moving into position and lasers going away and, you know, Def Leppard had a, like a, a laser light uh, thing with the, off the front of their stage, so they were able to pan out over the audience. You know, big laser blast and stuff. Journey had the overhead lights from the arena. Um, but like I said, it was different setup because they were all on the same plane on the stage. There was no riser for the drum per se, other than the little cart that it was on, much like everything else, because they had to wheel it out. You know, everything, every musician's platform, like keyboards, piano, uh, drums, they're on like a little roller riser, you know, maybe like a foot tall, six inches tall. And then the guys can 
wheel them on, wheel them off, and they got like some kind of pedal on it, drops it back down again. Right on. You know, so, so it was cool. They just wheel the stuff right out, put it all, and it's like marked on the stage already with tape, I guess, from where it was before, and they put it right back. As you see, they looked where they're putting it, and they set it up, and it's all very orchestrated. It's all wireless because I didn't see any wires running anywhere, you know, drums included. Yeah, man. It's it, the technology has really changed things. It's, uh, it's so cool, man. It's sick. Yeah, I was thinking this happens once in a while at the swamp when, and it's it's fun for me. And I, I I think there's probably bands out there that already do this, but I would love to do this in a band. And the thing is, at the swamp, there's TVs all over the room in the bar where we play. And to I stand stage left, you know, facing the crowd, and um, to my left, about five feet away, is a TV in the wall. It's elevated about eye level for me um so i can see it and usually there's like a sporting uh, sports channel on some whatever sport is going on right now it, that's what you put on tvs and bars yeah, but, soccer right now yeah but um we had this one dj uh called dr seuss um who who will like a lot of the songs will play he will sync up the music video for that song with us and like he'll he'll load it and then just and he has the the gear back there to to sync it up where he could speed it up or slow it down um or loop it or whatever um so he'll he'll a lot of times and we were doing this the other night where you know we we would tell him what song and then he would sync up the video and it's so cool to watch that for me because like growing up in the mtv age having seen these videos you know a hundred times now like playing along with it with a live band and i think that's kind of entertaining i think it'd be a cool idea to do that um where, where you have video screens you know it's, it's uh, like regular the, the tv size now ones the 40 inch 50 inch um up on each side of the stage facing the crowd and have it synced up as you're playing the songs i think that would be entertaining i don't know if it's entirely legal to do that but uh, i think it'd be fun you know because some of the videos it's like we do Rebel Yell, and a lot of Rebel Yell is you're seeing Billy Idol sing the words. So when, you know, you see him singing the words, but you're hearing the actual live band doing it, and but it's in sync, it's kind of cool. And then the guy, yeah, that is cool, as long as it lines up, right? Yeah, but the, the, like this guy who does it at the Swamp is really good at keeping it, because, you know, your tempos are going to fluctuate a little bit, but he has... He has the right equipment. I don't know what it is that he has, but he has the right equipment where he can just slow it down just a little or just speed it up just a little. Um, and he stays right on top. Like, he, he he's at a vantage point where he's right behind the drummer, so he can watch the he's drums. It, right? Yeah, he can watch the drums, and really, and so he's good at it. He has fun with it. So you would need somebody like that that has that skill um, and, and enjoys it to do it, to pull it off with a live band. But I actually asked him about that. A while ago, I was like, "Man, what would you think if we did that? You know, would you want to do it?" And he said, "Absolutely." So, there's an idea for you out there. Anybody looking for a little uh, gimmick? gimmick? That's yeah, cool. That's a gimmick, but it's it's something that uh, I have never seen a band do. But I'm sh I, I I'm somebody has had to have well, done well, it. Well, dude, you 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 know you laugh. It's funny that you say that because back in the early '90s, when uh, we used to play with Eye of the Storm for a while when we played uh, we played a gig one time and we brought two at the time thirty two inch tube televisions. Yeah, the <laughs> two ones, yeah. yeah, tube televisions like out, out of out of Mike Brennan's living room. 
a friend of mine. And we brought him to the gig, and we put him on 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 folding tables on the right left hand side of the stage <laughs> oh, with no. like black, you know, like uh, things over him. And then we had these whole montages of like static, and then um, there was like a newscast that went on at the beginning of this one song. And then there was another guy talking, and we had we we like we were pioneered that it was probably 1991 or 1990 or 1991, and we played the gigs, and we had samplers we had i had a whole electronic drum kit in addition to the mega kit we had keyboards we had a laser light show with a guy technician because you know back then the band's new and everyone's excited about it right so guys are bringing you know ten thousand dollars with the lighting equipment with laser shows for free just to be part of the gig you know because they have all the stuff and they and they, they want to be part of it nice. and right. it was extravaganza land for like the first 10 gigs you know, all right. those big, like, because we didn't play, like, every weekend. We'd play, like, once a month, but it would be a whole big production, you know? Right. We went deal with the bar. We rented the bar for $5, and we said, he said, George, the door you want, and then I'll supply the liquor. So I said to him, it's our debut gig. A lot of people are going to come. You Be prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, dude, the night comes, and it was like this. It wasn't. A, it was a little corner bar with a giant room in the back, right? So you know we're all set up and we got a riser and ten thousand watt PA. I mean, just unbelievable, right? So like two hundred and fifty people come to the gig. Nice. They drink the place dry by eleven o'clock, and they're all like, "What the fuck's going on here?" You know. Oh, they were going to the liquor store and buying liquor. The guy was bringing up cases of beer with like dust on them, you know. <laughs> and then it went to hard liquor. Ran out of beer and then they they drank him out of hard liquor. End of the night, the guy was like, "Anytime you boys want to play here, you you're more than welcome." No shit. Right on. But so for the first ten gigs, being like that professional high level of production, you know, with lights and lasers and and and, and roadies and 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 PA and sound men and it was just you know video guy shooting video. There was live video going being broadcast on the TVs as well. You know, of the band, of, of shots down, like, you know, on the ground looking up, like a video in the crowd. Uh, so after that, when we started playing, like, bars, we're like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, you can't, like, where, where's the guy, where's the lasers, and where's all the lights, and, you know, where, what's going on here? It's like no production. They don't even want to mic the drum set. Like, were you kidding me? Oh, Leave the sampler in the car? We had sequencers, vo vocoders, you know what I mean, harmonizers. So we were like, sounded like unbelievable. Nice. Yeah, it's good times. That that and that's when you used to bring, you would bring, you know, a trail, two trailers loads worth of stuff in between right. cars and vans and trailers, you know, right. to the gig, right. and it was like a mega production. Yeah, that would be like a five hour breakdown by the time you were done. I miss those days, man. Where I like. Where the all right, the gig is a week away, and uh, the gig is five days away, and the, you know where you really build up that excitement and anticipation oh, for it, yeah. and pump the shit out of it to everybody you know, yeah, and all your friends and everything, and then day of the gig, you're there early in the morning, you know, and you're setting up. There's no rush. Yeah, I used to hang out or uh, hand out flyers at the mall. <laughs> and yeah, flyers exactly. Flyers is the information. Flyers at the mall. Make a flyer with the tear off things on the bottom with the address of the bar and the date on. We did we we did it even before anybody was doing that. We just handed out, just made flyers, just handed them out, or, or cards sometimes, but usually flyers. And the kicker of it all was it was all original music, and we had an opening act every time we played. Mm. 
Yeah. And usually my brother's band opened for us a couple of times at a, a few of those big shows. Yeah, back in that day, man, it was original music. We've talked about that before. Um, yeah, it was fun, you know, so just reminisce about, like, when you see the, a production of that quality, you know, when you go to arena nowadays, like you said, it's not like it was in the 80s. It's high tech. It's 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 killer. Yeah. Sounds great, you know, most of the time stage setups are cool. Um, seating, you know, the, the, the vantage point of every seat is much, much better than you remember it being. The seats are more comfortable, you right, know, it's yeah. just different vibe. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I want to. Uh, Sam Swanson uh, went and liked the post, so I don't know if he's listening. He hasn't chimed in. Um, nobody's chiming in. So chime in, folks, if you're listening. Uh, but he had sent me this uh, video a couple weeks ago, and I told him I was going to listen to it, and I still haven't listened to it. But I'm feeling adventurous, and I'm thinking these guys have been good in the past, so I'm going to just play it. And see, uh, and we can talk about it afterwards. So, uh, Glenn's there. Tony, he said, Tony's right on it. The days of analog were far, and then he didn't say anything else. Okay. Um, all right. So, we're going to take a music break and play. Uh, this is uh, uh, Benny and the Jets, Elton John's Benny and the Jets by Handsome Young Ladies, right? Uh, How about like a minute and a half or two minutes of it? Because it's long. Um, all right. Well, I don't know. He said, said this is a sneak peek. So, let's see. Let's make sure I'm plugged in here. Okay. So, yeah, we'll check it out. Very dangerous.
All right, there you have it. Benny and the Jets. Handsome young lady, Sam Swanson. Um, cool. Cool version. Uh, the video is very good, man. I, I'm playing it from YouTube, and it's the it's very high quality, good cuts. Um, it, it it's a really well made video. So these guys are really going for it, man. They're very ambitious, and um, they did the shot A song that we played uh, a month or so ago. Yeah, and um, that was fantastic. And I, and I love that they're taking they're really making these songs their own, um, taking cover version uh, cover songs and really making. Uh, bu- building a, a, a real identity for themselves, the the way they make everything sound, uh, very consistent, good song selection, good execution. I, I'm really, I really dig these guys, man. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, and amazing to see when we spoke about this 32 episodes ago. Um, right. When they were getting underway, remember, and they were they were starting to to. Uh, develop their sound and uh get out there and starting to do it and they had great marketing ideas and you know they were they were, they were fired up about it you know it's great to see them executing on it and getting like you said to it's you know uh the ambition and the fire behind it with the passion it is great it's just inspiring to see yeah they were coming to us for tips for some reason <laughs> but that's what i mean and then they, they took you know again they go seek out knowledge from a lot of different wells right and they go and they're gathering it up and they're assembling it and they're they're using it to propel themselves you know and that's what that's what it's all about it's what you got to do you know you got to be humble enough to ask questions uh, because some might might have a better answer than the way you're doing it now right you know or 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 for an insight of some sort that sparks a new idea right to where then you're like wow if we could do that, what about if we did this? And then a whole right. completely different, you know, idea may come from that. Yeah. Inspiration, right. Yeah. That's what's cool to see. Yeah. I, I just got to jump in here because Glenn says, can you guys see I'm chiming in on you uh, right now? That's Glenn Farley. And yes, and that's the place to do it in Spreaker. That's where I see it because that's my, my window that's open here. Um, so, yes, Glenn, thank you for listening, buddy. Glenn's one of my good friends. What a great, great guitar player. I don't know if did you meet Glenn when you were here? He plays at the Swamp. Oh, uh, dude, we played Atlantis Morissette, and his delay was locked in with the tempo. Right, we started, yes, we yes. freaking out. That's funny that you say that, because Glenn, he pointed that out to me. Like, Glenn's one of the people, the few people that I play with, that really put a lot of care and, um, and, uh, just, and love into their craft. Glenn is always trying to improve his craft. Um, you know, and he's in a, in a situation, he plays in a band called No Idea here, who does... Uh, Weddings and um, you know festivals and and they're one of the bigger bands down here on the Gulf Coast, um, one of the, the more, more high in demand bands and professional bands. And I got to play with them a couple of years ago for for a bit. Um, but you know, Glenn is always being challenged musically in that band, and rightfully so, um, just because it's challenging to learn new music. It's um, for any musician, um, especially if you're being thrown something that a song you're not familiar with or. Uh, uh, or a song that's just uh, musically challenging. Um, so Glenn is one of the few people that I play with here that really kind of puts a lot of work into his craft, and, and I appreciate that, and he knows I do. It's nice to play with people like that. There you go. See, my... Yeah. See, I don't have my applause open. My sound effects. I don't have my sound effects open. Mine are always open. I really need a... Engineer. N engineer. 
There we go. There's a wait, why can't you hear? Oh, because I turned the volume down. See, that's why I need it. <laughs> Way to go, Glenn. Uh, Oh, I do so love sound effects. <laughs> they are fun. I would love to have a job like Fred Norris did back in the early days with Howard Stern, and just that's all he did was did sound effects for the radio show. So much fun. Uh, all right, so Fred Norris, wow, um, that's a blast from the past. Yeah, it's like radio, like we're doing radio CBC. Radio, no, video. Not to be confused. Confused with the Canadian Broadcasting Company, which is also CBC, CBC Radio. I, that's why I couldn't call this. I have to be careful with this going forward to to not use CBC too much. Not that I don't, I don't think you can patent an uh, uh, initials like that. Anagram? What's not not anagram? I don't think you can patent like CBC because there's other things that are are CBC besides Canadian Broadcasting Company. There's there's at least one other thing, but. Advertising it as CBC is going to be confusing to people, especially mm-hmm. Cana- especially Canadians. <laughs> I was looking for CBC. Eh? That was a, that was not even close to a Canadian accent. I don't even know why I attempted an accent <laughs> there. Eh? What's up, eh? That's my brother. I miss my brother, eh? Um, that, that movie with the two brothers. Oh, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, Strange Brew. What was it? Strange Brew? Yeah. Yeah. Never saw it. Rick Moranis and. Yes. Somebody else. Stupid, uh, stupid movie. Yeah, I never saw it. But I know about it. Um, so. so go ahead. No, I was going to say so, um, how many videos did you see of handsome young ladies up on YouTube? Is there many, or just that that one? He sent that to me directly ahead of the launch of it, and it has since been launched. So um, that's the only thing. It was in my message, so that was in there. But I I didn't look at their channel to see how many videos they have. But they did the one for Smooth Operator, too, and it was really good, very professionally done. They have a look. You know, the singer Sam, he he wears uh, a black jacket, black tie, white shirt. Um, you know, looking like a handsome young lady, <laughs> and the rest of the guys, they, you know, they look like they're dressing at least dark. Um, so they look like a band, and, and the, I think they really got something. They really got something. If we can, That's- you know, have any little bit of a hand in in helping these guys and and making them popular, I would love to, man. And that's a big thing that I want to do with this man I want to find people that are good that have love and passion for this actually care about it and treat it as an art and want to find some success I, I and and don't have an audience so I want to help these people have an audience the people out there are like that you know I yeah, love no, it's great, it's great work because I just I'm before anything else I am just a music fan you know I grew up with music as early as I can remember well, that's why we do this, right? I mean, you know, you're you're a fan of music. I'm a fan of music, and you know, we're fans of playing music, going to see music, listen to music, and that's why you played all those crappy gigs when you were younger. You know, where you didn't get paid a lot of money, but you, like you said, you used to bring tractor trailer load worth of shit with you and five trips. You know, because you just love doing it. Yeah, just yeah. love for the love of music. 
And yeah, Glenn had mentioned, he said, Tony's right on it. The days of analog were far superior than the days of digital, in my opinion. And yes, you totally anticipated the gigs. You know, you were always just, it was all about that show coming up, man, the, that excitement. I, I, you know, I miss it because I do this so often, but I, yeah, I didn't, there was that innocence to it, you know, and that the, the yeah. wonder of it, like, what's, what's it going to be like? Where at, and, and the nerves, too. You know, you were so much more nervous back then. Um, you know, you felt like you had a whole lot of riding on it, whereas, you know, I'm playing three or four or five nights a week, and it's like, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> but you know what was interesting? I remember back then in the days where, you know, you were only playing once a month, let's say, you know, and the show was building up or once in six weeks or something. And, uh, you know, I remember Terry Bozio saying, about, and they were saying like about performance anxiety or how do you get in the right frame of mind when you perform? And he said, you know, it's a, it's sacred space and, and he would get himself into uh, a zone where he, he wouldn't be, you know, to just tune out all the people and tune out all the expectations of what you're going to play and, you know, how you're going to perform and what you look like and how it's going to sound and all those things and, and to be free to create, you know, from a space as if you were home by yourself in your basement or your, you know, your practice room or, or, or your studio, you know, when no one's around and you're just by yourself and you're just sitting down to play and there's no pressure and nothing, you know, you're just freely creating in that moment. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, so that was what was always impacted me was like when you sit down, you know, in any situation, you're sitting down to create that music. And if you're fortunate enough to be doing it with a bunch of other talented musicians, you know, the focus becomes that. It becomes the interaction and the conversation that's right. going to happen in between all of you, you know. Right. Or even if it's by yourself, if you're doing a solo performance, the conversation you're going to have with the the realm of, of music, you know, it's going to inspire you to play, right. you know, whatever you're about to perform. Right. So when you think of it that way, there's no audience, there's no expectation to whether my hair look good, you know, am I wearing the right clothes, you know, I hope this sounds great, what am I going to play, I hope I don't make a mistake, you know, that, that takes you out of the element of being able to actually play. Right. Mm. It's easier said than done, but once you've practiced it a bunch of times, it becomes habit, you know. And then every time you sit down to play, no matter if it's, you know, by yourself or in front of, you know, a thousand people, it's, you're just comfortable doing it. Right. Yeah. It's an evolution too, man. And, and you can feel yourself, if you you take it seriously and you do it consistently, you can feel yourself learning and feel yourself growing and, and know that you've kind of upped a notch. Um, and it never ends, by the way. Yeah. And when you take the anxiety <laughs> away from that, the situation of playing, right? And you're free to enjoy it. That's when you're going to play the best anyway. So it's oh, yeah. win-win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I played so many gigs where I was worried about, like, oh, this song is coming up and I'm not sure about the bridge. And, like, then it consumes you. And you're like, uh, when you, yeah, when you don't have to think about anything like that at all. Right. Which I'm fortunate, very, very, very fortunate to have in my situation where I'm playing with people that I've played with for years who are pros who are consistent and, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't have to think about or worry about a thing uh, about yep. anybody else or myself because I'm confident in the songs. Um, so yeah, it does, it does bring you up to another level where you can really, where there's moments of magic and where you can really shine. And um, man, I wish, 
I wish I had the ability to just record us playing all the time and have an archive of all the stuff because it's always different. There's always something that happens that unless you have a way of recording it, it just it's in your memory or then it's even lost from your memory. Um, yeah, but you lived it for that moment, you yeah. know, and those are the treasures, like you said, the the gems uh, that you find uh, playing, you know, where it's magic moments. And that was like what we just talked about earlier when I played with you down in New Orleans. I had that magic moment with Glenn at the beginning of uh, You Ought to Know. Right. You know, it was yeah. like we were like high five and like, oh, dude, like, wow, that never happens. Yeah. And do you know what? Here it happens all the time. I would say even nightly. Um, at some point where something, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, it, it's hard because I'm inside the bubble to really appreciate it as much as I really should. Um, but I really do appreciate that, that we have these, I have these moments, you know, several times a week, every week, um, where, yeah, and it's with special people, you know, yeah. I mean, you, you and I had a ton of them when we used to play together. Right. This is, this chat window is weird. There's like, a comment will pop up and then it will disappear. And but I can't refresh this because then that would end our broadcast. Um, so I don't know what's going on with the chats, but I can see like Glenn was uh, talking. I could definitely see you there. Um, uh, and then they go on to Facebook. Um, I was thinking of when you were uh, telling before talking before. I was thinking of uh, how how much I really miss having a band where you had a rehearsal space that you met at, you know, two or three times a week and it was your rehearsal space and it's your empty beer cans all over the place and, and, you know, whatever it was your, you know, and that's where you could really, really grow quickly um, where you really get to know each other and, and you have the freedom to make mistakes and, and not worry about it. Um, I haven't done that in a long time, man. But I just rehearsed for the band. So yeah, the, that that that's where, like you said, that's where you develop as you know a band and as individuals, and um, you know it's that interaction, you know, in, in that capacity, that, and also you know it, you can't diminish the fact that, like, look, and I'm sure you did it too, but when we used to rehearse, we would rehearse usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then we would play out Friday and Saturday. And that was like that for a while, right. you know? When you're playing that much all the time and rehearsing, not performing, but rehearsing, working on stuff, writing music, you know? Because we were original band at the time. So that was what we were rehearsing. We weren't rehearsing covers, you know? We were rehearsing parts and, and coming up with ideas and writing songs. Right. You know, that's what I missed. That was... That was an exciting time in life, you know. What, what year was I, Eye of the Storm? What, what, what was your your span? When, when did you start playing? Like, what year was it? Do you know? Um, eighty-eight. Okay, so that was around or, the same or, time. Eighty-nine, yeah, yeah, in that in that time frame, and and straight through until you know mid two thousand. That was the same time I was doing original stuff in in North Jersey. At that time, that was the thing to do. Cover bands were just not a thing back then. They were around, but they weren't the thing until a few years later. Well, original music. Yeah. That was a fun time, right. man. It was a real fun time. Yeah. 
And Daly said, or the intros, and I don't know what he was responding to because, by the way, guys, there's a delay here when when you read your when you post your comment. Um, there's a delay, so I'm not seeing it until, you know, like twenty or thirty seconds after you you actually post it. Um, but he said it starts on the end of three. What song do you think he's talking about? <laughs> do you know? It starts on the end of three. Should I play the Jeopardy rock, theme? Rock and roll. Rock and roll starts on the end of three. One and two and three. Da, da. But it really doesn't, though, because he counts it in on the end of two. So it's like one and two and three and four and one and two and three and no, four. No, it one, starts on two. the end of three, brother. Listen to it's it. One and two and three and four. One. It starts on the end of three. End of three. The end of three. I know this. I am a yes rock and roll intro. I, I am a uh, Led Zeppelin disciple. Just go look it up, Tishy. Tishy the whole demonstrates thing on it. Yeah, he explains it, how yeah. to count it in. Yeah. How it yeah, there's a video out there, Brian Tishy demonstrating that. I think if you just uh, go YouTube or even Google Brian Tishy uh, rock and roll or, or uh, John Bonham or Led Zeppelin or all those. Yes, uh, Daly said it's Chuck Berry riff on the guitar. That's right. It was stolen. Um, so, uh, what else we got? What do you, what's your gig and scene looking like? End of three. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of gigs coming up towards the, um, well, now's when summer starts. So Kel's playing with, um, Mr. Lovejoy like we talked about. He's playing, I think 30 something shows between now and Labor Day. He's playing every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Good for him, man. Yeah, he's he's stoked for him, happy for him. He's going, you know, he's always wanted to do it. It's an opportunity to get to, you know, to do that run like we were just talking about. You know, he never had a, a run of gigs like that ever in his life. So the opportunity came up, and he's, you know, he wanted to take it. So uh, really happy for him. He's going to enjoy it and have a great time. But it's it's good timing too because June. July's a bunch of vacations. Towards the end of August, we got a gig. We have a gig for Labor Day. Then we got a wedding in the fall. We got another private party in the fall. Christmas party. Got like a handful of, of gigs on the books right now, like maybe five or six. Nice. Right. You know, just it's, uh, you know, it's just collectively looking at the effort of, you know, it, it comes down to this, right? You want to play a bar. And bring because in Jersey you got to bring all the stuff, right? You got to bring lights, you got to bring sound, you got to bring it all yourself. You know, you're lucky you walk away with a hundred bucks a man. You play a private event. There's enough money in the event where you can hire a sound company to do all that stuff and bring it all. Then you can just worry about bringing your gear and performing. You know, and it's just it's just a much more enjoyable experience for sure. Um, You know, but if we can play once a month, that would be great. You know, twice a month, that'd be great. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, summer's a yeah, slow summer. time here. I got some time, I got some time off during the summer, which is great, though, because I do summer drum camp with my boys. Uh, you know, we work on all kinds of stuff over the summer for drums because they're both into drums and, and keyboard. So we have, like, a music summer band camp thing go where we, you know, weekly lessons and stuff, like, goals to accomplish because you have free time during the summer, you know? Hey, t- spend 15, 20 minutes a day or up to an hour a day if you can, if you can afford to, you know, playing drums or playing piano, is, playing music. 
is this something you attend or something you organize? No, we do it. Like, I'll, I just do it with the boys. I do it with, with Chase and Cole. Okay. I say, here's exercises for drums to work on for this week. And here's a song we're going to learn to play. Here's something we're going to do with this, you know. Here's some sheet music that we're going to look at for, um, you know, between that and YouTube and figure out these songs, you know. And it gives them stuff to do, but it gives them measurable things to work on to where then the following week you can look at it. And then we do like a leadership Sunday where we spend a half an hour um, as a family or with me and the boys. And we talk about like leadership concepts and things that I learn through different programs I get to attend through work. Um, you know, just about leadership and personal development and thoughts become things and, um, you know, all, all different aspects of life that we tend not to talk about or things that we might get like Jim Rohn, inspirational things. To sh that share thoughts during the day or, you know, over the course of a week, I might get 15 or 20 different things sent to me from different uh, websites or different um, sources or friends or people that I know that will send me stuff that are all motivational, inspirational type of things. So I share them with, with the boys on a, you know, on a, a set time on the weekend. We just do a Sunday after church. That's great, man. Good for you. I wish everybody was like you. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and, and that's a great, great, Thanks, great segue to our um, teasing our guest that's going to be coming up within the next few weeks. Um, yes. Who, yes. Who comes from the, 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 uh, the field of, of inspiring people and, um, and really, uh, you know, just, just kind of teaching how energy works and all that and, and how your attitude makes a difference and, and all sorts of things like that. And, um, uh, belief, belief in yourself, you know, and there's plenty of stories that I could allude to at least now that without me having this knowledge, I would have never come to new Orleans. It would have never happened. Um, and it, the, I had always wanted to play music for a living. I strived to do that for a long time. And it wasn't until that I just kind of threw caution to the wind and said, I'm just, I'm, this is what I'm doing. I, I don't care what I have to, to give up to do it. That's what, the, the most important thing to me is I, I have to make this happen. And without my knowledge of, of like law of attraction and, and things that our guest is going to talk about, it would just never have happened. And my life has changed remarkably better as a result of making that decision. So this guest is going to come on and he has a music background and he's going to really inspire everybody out there who's no matter what level you're at in your music journey, it's going to be uh, valuable stuff, man. So uh, we're going to, once I have a date scheduled, then we'll announce who the guest is and, and, what the date is and, and all that. So, um, yes, so stay tuned. Yes. Looking forward to that. H have you thought about, uh, some stuff you want to talk about? Same bat time, same bat channel. Have Is you thought about stuff you want to talk about with our guest? I have. You have? I, I have put some thought into it. Yes. Okay. Good. Absolutely. Good. All right. I hope you're making notes and you remember, unless you have, an excellent memory where you will not I do have an excellent memory but I, I will write down some key points very good like, what's your favorite breakfast 
most important meal of the day, you know? Yes. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot about yeah, um, just stuff. being inspired Easy. as a musician, no matter what level you're at in your music journey again. Um, and uh, you can never stop learning. And we always strive to teach and learn at the same time. So thanks for tuning in. CBC Wisdom Hour number 32 wraps it up. Uh, I'm here in New Orleans. Anybody here, come see me play at the Swamp. 516 Bourbon Street. And go to Tony's website, thewiseenheimers.com. Yeah. We'll see you next week or sooner or later. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.